The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Uh, so we can have a conversation. Now, that seems like it's a fairly easy thing to do, don't you think? But uh, do you actually find it hard to have a conversation or at least you know the logistics of it when do you when do you when do you end it how long does it go all that kind of thing uh there's a new study out that shows uh if you find it hard to end a conversation you're in the majority in fact the vast majority this study was published in the proceedings of the national academy of sciences of the united states of america and it found that conversations very rarely end when people actually want them to in fact only about two percent of the time so in other words 98 percent of the time people believe that their conversations are either too long or they're not long enough. Adam Mastroianni is a PhD candidate at the Harvard Department of Psychology. Joining me now live on 630 Chet Afternoons. Adam, thanks so much for taking your time on a Friday afternoon to talk with a dude in, in Canada. Of course. Thanks for having me. And how did I do on your last name? Because that can be a real conversation killer if I don't actually get the pronunciation <laughs> of somebody's name proper. No, it, it's good. Uh, I pronounce it Mastriani, but if you if you go to Italy and ask for for Mastrianis, uh, they'll give you a blank stare until you say Mastriani. <laughs> I'll try and channel some of that for the next time I have to have to say it. Okay, uh, conversation. Uh, yeah, you know what? First off, before we even get into the nuts and bolts of this, can you tell me where this idea even came up? Why you would do a study on it? Like, what what sparked this? Yeah, so uh, I had an experience that I think uh, a lot of people have had, and, and I think now seems kind of quaint. Uh, years ago, I was getting ready for a party. This is back when you could have parties. And, and I found myself thinking, I don't want to go to this party because I know inevitably I'm going to be talking to somebody, and I'm going to feel ready to stop talking to them and talk to somebody else, and there won't be any polite way of executing that maneuver. <laughs> and then I got to thinking, well, what makes me think that I'm so special? What if the other person feels the same way and we're both stuck talking to each other because we mistakenly think the other person wants to go? So that eventually grew into this set of studies. Uh, so you know, those numbers that I said, and, and correct me if, if they were wrong, but uh, I think they're right out of the study. 98% of the people uh, that uh, ended up looking at really don't know when to stop a conversation. That's a staggering number. Yeah, that's right. And um, and we find that on average, the dis- the difference between what pe- how long people wanted to talk and how long they did talk was about 50% of the length of their conversation. So that's 50% longer or shorter. And we find that this happens for two reasons. One is that people almost never want to talk for the same amount of time. So we can't both get what we want if we want different things. And the second problem is that people don't know what the other person wants. So when people guessed when the other person wanted to leave the conversation, um, they were off by about 60% of the length of their conversation. So, so if I don't know what you want and you don't know what I want, it's nearly impossible for either of us to get what we want. Uh, it sounds like you got to set up ground rules. Hi, let's have a conversation. Here are the ground rules. We're <laughs> going to go for X amount of time. <laughs> You're not suggesting that. Uh, no, although I think we, we sort of do this without realizing it uh, almost intuitively. So I think one of the reasons, uh, a main way we hang out with each other is we you know, go have a meal together is because it, it gives us an intuitive sense of how long that interaction is going to be. We both know that, that dinner is probably not going to be 15 minutes. It's probably not going to be four hours. And when the check comes, that's about time to wrap things up. Um, that becomes so a tough conversation too, by the way. Re- <laughs> Sorry. What's that? That becomes a tough conversation when the check shows up. <laughs> the other, the other rule yes, of conversation, yes. stop interrupting your guest. My apologies. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you're all right. Uh, but, you know, the, um, the, this interaction, the human, it, it, it's what we do. So why is it so hard? 
I think the, the biggest reason is that we hide our desires from other people. So it's rude to uh, signal that you want to keep going when the other person wants to stop. And it's rude to signal that you want to stop when the other person keeps going. But we're both hiding our desires, so we really don't know what the other person wants, and they don't know what we want. Um, and so as a result, we're really trying to feel things out when we don't have enough information to solve this coordination problem. Um, so I think it's really it's uh, politeness that, that's keeping us in too long or getting us out too early. But really, we find the same things with, um, with people who know each other really well. And so what we call politeness with strangers, we do the same things with the people we know well, but just there we call it kindness. So just as you wouldn't walk away from... Uh, a stranger with, without at least wrapping things up a little bit. You also don't cut off your grandmother in the middle of her story, and you don't trap your spouse in your own stories. Mm-hmm. Um, at least you try not to. And I, don't, I know this might sound flippant, and I don't mean it to sound that way, but you know, I, I, it comes up with sort of like, why is this important? Why is this worth looking at? And you know, wh- what are we getting out of this? Yeah, so the reason we studied this in the first place um, is that conversation is the, is the building block of our entire social lives. Every relationship that we have, every social activity that we do is built on top of conversation. And so the, to the extent that we can understand it, we're understanding something pretty fundamental about human nature. But more than that, conversations are also um, a big source of stress and anxiety for people. And so one thing we realized is, is that some of that stress and anxiety comes from the fact that, that it's so hard to solve this coordination problem. But also, a lot of that stress and anxiety is unfounded. So we find that people really enjoy these conversations. In fact, they enjoy them more than they expect to. And so, uh, the, so the social domain is one in which people seem uniquely pessimistic uh, when they don't need to be. In fact, in some of our studies, people leave these conversations saying, you know, I really liked the other person, but I think they like me a little bit less, which, of course, on average can't be true. And so I think we'd all be better off if, if we felt a little bit more confident and, and could uh, take a little more joy from the conversations we have. All right. Well, give us some nuts and bolts. How do we get to that point? What are your tips for being a great conversationalist? <laughs> so I think one tip is that it's better to be left wanting more than wanting less. So in our studies, the people who had the worst time, they still had an okay time, but the people who had the worst time were the people who said, I wanted to go sooner. The people who said I wanted more were just as happy as the minority of people who said that it ended exactly when they wanted it to. Um, so if you're not sure which, which side to err on, I think it's better to err on the side of getting it out a little sooner. And you can always talk again later. Um, uh, I think another um, important takeaway is uh, one of the reasons that conversations are so hard to end in the first place is that it feels inherently like something has gone wrong because we're parting ways. If, if it didn't, why didn't why don't we keep talking? Of course, we all know that at some point in the course of human events, you, you have to stop talking and do something else. And so I think a way to end a conversation is to take that into account and to do your best to make the other person understand that that everything's fine, we like each other, this was good, but all good things must come to an end. So what do you deal with somebody who's, how do you deal with somebody who's over the top and obnoxious in a conversation without coming off being rude, or do you just gotta shut them down? I don't know, I don't know if this, uh, uh, well, I'm just, now I'm just chatting about this stuff because I'm not sure if this is actually in your study or not, but, but uh, what would you suggest? Yeah, so I mean, we never we never subjected people to, to uh, that situation exactly. And now, fortunately for me, having done this study and, and published this paper, whenever I want out of a conversation, I just start telling people about my research. Um, so I have that built in. So for other people, maybe you could print out a copy, have it in, in your pocket, or send them a link. 
Uh, it normally does the trick. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. That could start an entirely different conversation. What are you trying to tell me? What are you saying? <laughs> you know what? This, this is, uh, we, we had a texter send something in, and so I'm going to, and maybe you're familiar with this, uh, and I just, I just love this as I was looking at it just as we were talking. So uh, they say, and I don't know because I'm not that familiar with Jonathan Swift poetry, but it says it's an excerpt of a poem from Jonathan Swift, and it says, Conversation is but carving. Give no more to every guest than he's able to digest. Give him always of the prime, but little at a time. Carve to all, but just enough. Let them neither starve nor stuff. And that you may have your due, let your neighbor carve for you. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but I thought that was, that was, that was perfect. Yeah, that's pretty beautiful. We might put that at the, at the top of our next paper. <laughs> but it, and it is a give and take, and it's a social construct. And these days, our social interaction has been so different, uh, so so unusual because of lockdowns and 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 speaking over over computers. And how many times have you been in in a Zoom or chat with friends, and it just seems to go on forever. Yes, yeah, and I think the problem is is worse when you're looking at a computer screen or on the phone because already we're not giving each other clear cues of when we want to go and when we want to stay and those cues are even more muted when you can't see someone or you can only see them through a little box and plus these days the the easiest way out of a conversation which is to politely say that you have to go somewhere else you can't really say that anymore it's a pretty dubious claim um (laughs) because i don't have anywhere to go so what am i going to do go stand in my kitchen alone well, that's when you get somebody to run out and ring the doorbell for you or something like that. And that way you can find a way to get out of it. Uh, it was funny. So so I'm actually guest hosting on this program. And a few times I've, uh, mm-hmm. I've co-hosted with the, uh, the the regular host of this, Jalen and I. But we were both working from home. So uh, when you're in this kind of a situation, of course, we might be across the table at each other. You see cues as to who's going to talk next or all that kind of thing. And, and that, that really struck home when you were mentioning it. The only way we could do it was through FaceTime. We ran out like a four-hour FaceTime on our phone so that we could see each other in, in, in that kind of way. Do people find ways to get around those, those artificial barriers to construction or to conversation? Yeah, and um, uh, I think you're right that doing this in person gives, or, or at least being able to see each other gives you a lot more information. Um, and this especially becomes complicated when you add another person to the conversation uh, because a key part of all conversations is what we call turn-taking. So, so I go and then you go, and that's easy enough when there's just two of us. But when there's three, when I'm done talking, who should talk next? Should it be the person who talked to the least recently or the person who has something to say? Mm-hmm. It, it, it gets much more complex, especially when you add more and more people. Um, in person, people tend to figure this out because eye contact plays a big role. Yeah. So people can nominate the next person to speak or you can kind of bid for the floor. But get enough people and you'll notice that, that someone has to take charge. We need a traffic cop to direct people because now it's, it's too hard to figure out who's going to talk next. And uh, anybody who's listening wants to jump in on this, more than welcome, 4960063 is the text line number. I'll be taking some phone calls here in the uh, next half hour. So we can talk about this. We can talk about any number of things. But, Adam, just before I let you go, give me an idea of what you wanted people to get out of this study. Uh, you know, I, I assume you, anytime you do a study, you don't have a, a preconceived uh, uh, end result. So you found out some things. Once you got it all done and you were thinking, okay, now I'm going to present this to the general public, what did you want them to get out of it um uh, there, there's a lot and i'd be happy to send the paper to anybody who wanted to read it but if there's if, well, just one thing i think it would be that you're not alone so a lot of people 
feel uh, uncertain in, in their conversations. What impression am I making? Should I stay? Should I go? And I think when you're stuck alone in your own head, you might think that you're the only person who feels that way. But what we find is everybody feels that way. Uh, everybody's unsure. And if you are sure, you're wrong. You don't know what the other person wants. And so if anything, I think the, the message is you're not alone in that. And so better off, I think, just to sit back and, and enjoy your conversations. Let them end when, when it feels right to end um, and, and worry about it less. Yeah, well, social interactions. Sometimes we worry about that a lot. By the way, did you do a did you do a, a section on the doorstop conversation when somebody's like, "Okay, then gotta go. All right, gotta go," and then it continues on forever. <laughs> Uh, that may also be a more uniquely Canadian problem. We haven't run that in uh, in Canada yet, but I'd be interested to know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Adam Mastriani, a PhD candidate at Harvard in the Department of Psychology. It's been fun chatting with you. I really appreciate you taking time on a Friday afternoon. Thank you for this. Thank you so much. This is ending exactly when I wanted it to, so thank you. <laughs> See, I lived and learned. Perfect. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it.